Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Wars Fun for Everyone. This is episode 5. I am your host, Tom Sutton. Um, I've been meaning to say this for a couple of episodes. Uh, you may have heard that uh, it's estimated that the average number of uh, podcasts uh, that, a po that a podcast will put out before they give up is about three. <laughs> so we're, we're way past that. Look, we've almost doubled it. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's been uh, another fun Star Wars week, i got to say. Um, we have actually um, a bit of a first. We are going to have a, a, a guest on. Um, it's my friend Gabriel. Um, we are going to get to that in a minute. But first, I wanted to just run through this week's Star Wars fun. Um, the big one, I guess, was watching the despecialized edition of, the, of uh, Return of the Jedi for the first time. Yeah, I, I said to my friend Dion the other day, I, I really underestimated how much of a difference it was going to make or what kind of experience I was going to have watching the despecialized editions. Um, it's uh, like, I'm not the type who's this kind of like a purist um, in, you know, if like... When Blade Runner 2049 came out, I was pumped and I loved it and it was fantastic. You know, I'm, I was not, not like, oh, it can't be better than the old one. Like, I, think, I, think, I think it's just as good. Um, so with the, with the special edition editions, like if it is good, I will like it. Um, but for sure, Return of the Jedi had some of my least favorite changes. Um, messing with size, um, you know... Sai Snoodles and Max Rebo and Lapty Neck that uh, never sat well with me. I, I can't stand the ridiculous super-sized Jabba's Palace door in the Blu-ray. And uh, yeah, the, the Vader, the added no to Vader is just like, yeah, I really never was okay with that. <laughs> so um, this was uh, a really fun thing to do. Now, I, as I mentioned before, especially the uh, Starship stuff, the space battle stuff, it doesn't look as good. It looks much more, much grainier. But the experience of, of watching uh, that despecialized edition of Return of the Jedi was pretty magical, I gotta say. Like, um, that, I mean, I. I it's been a long time since I saw the original, um, those kind of unaltered versions. And I got to say, like, Lapty Neck and Size Noodles and Max Rebo and the band, it's so fun. I love it. It's like, <laughs> I love the movement of those puppets and I love that song. It was so nice to see that again. Uh, I had a great time with that. And um, to have that climactic moment... When uh, Anakin Skywalker returns, and you see, like, it's it's kind of a, a an acting miracle. Um, I'm assuming that's Dave Prowse in the suit. Bob Anderson was did a lot of that uh, Vader stuff in that film, obviously. But um, uh, let's say that it is David Prowse. He's acting through the mask beautifully, where he looks 
He's watching Luke getting hit by force lightning and he looks back at the Emperor and back to Luke and back at the Emperor and it's it's magic. So uh, so nice to have that original version back. Um, you know, it, they don't look as crisp or as modern as the special editions. Um, but it there are, there are two positive things you can say about it. One, one is that... Um, as with a lot of stuff, you kind of get you, you kind of will notice it in the beginning, um, but you quickly fall into just like okay, this is how it looks, and your brain kind of st stops analyzing it and just gets on with enjoying itself. Um, but you can also like like I think there are there for some people those original trilogy styles films, uh, their enjoyment of them is based on um, is heavily based on nostalgia and. Uh, they are watching it in the way that you might watch like a Goonies movie or uh, like a like an like a a Bruce Lee kung fu movie or something where it's um you part of the enjoyment is the era that it's from. Um, but I I I that's part of my enjoyment of those original films. But it's also that like I feel like. Those films are still very modern and still stand up, and I, uh, it's not so much like oh, I'm having a nice goofy '70s uh, experience here or whatever. Um, but I guess when you watch the despecialized editions, you get a little bit more of that in uh, your watching experience, and um, it's uh, not unwelcome. I like it. Um, so uh, big thumbs up on that. It's. Um, made me think like I do like I think I mentioned before I didn't bother to get my hands on the Empire despecialized editions just because I don't have big problems with those uh, changes but now having seen the other two I feel like you know Pokemon style gotta collect them all so uh, I, yeah I'm gonna do that uh, the other thing I have been up to Star Wars wise is Rewatching The Mandalorian. I'm doing, the, you know, like a saga rewatch starting from Solo onwards. And, um, yeah, I've just felt like chronologically between uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, that's where The Mandalorian falls. So let's put that in. Um, I've still got the episode seven and eight to go on, the, on that rewatch, but look, I. All right, <laughs> it's a fine line between my quest for Star Wars positivity, but also Star Wars um, honesty. Um, it's been lovely to see uh, something like new Star Wars get embraced around the world and to have an almost universally positive response to something for the first time since 1983. Uh, it's been great. It's, it's Fantastic to have people come up to me and go, oh, have you seen The Mandalorian? Like, and these are people who like Star Wars, but they're not super fans, you know. But there's something about that show that uh, that people like, that, that connects with people, you know. Um, now, having said that, I like the show very much. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot that really uh, sits right with me, but I really, I can't get on board when people 
say that it's like their their favorite Star Wars experience since the original trilogy or that um to me it's it's good but there's uh, uh quite a few things that I don't love that much about it. I I think that they've I mean they've they've pulled off a miracle in lots of ways um with how much they've managed to wring out of a budget that is like a tenth of what they would have to spend on the films. I guess the the it's what is it like between ten and twelve million per episode? I think. Um, so, or even is it five percent or something of the budget that the films might have? It's it's a lot less in any case. And what they've managed to put on screen for that money is it's very impressive. But I, when I see people saying like, "Oh, it's like as good as the films," you could put this in the cinema, and the, you know, I just I don't I, I don't agree. Sorry, um, I think that you, it still definitely looks like a TV show compared to uh, the films, especially like the Disney era movies, which have been like, as I've said a thousand times at this point, visually incredible. Um, well, yeah, I also just like there are. Some other, you know, other stuff that I'm not super into. I straight like from the first episode, I was like, the music is cool, but John Williams' music, I just feel like it puts you straight into the Star Wars universe. And you know, we've had other um, other composers, Kevin Kiner on the Clone Wars and Rebels. We've had. Um, uh, Michael Giacchino on Rogue One, and is it John Powell on the solo film? I can't remember. I think that might be it. But um, but they all, you know, they kind of put their own spin on a very John Williams kind of sound palette. And uh, to me, that uh, really, I, it's hard to change that and still have it really feel like Star Wars. Um, but I mean, I. I have listened to the Mandalorian soundtracks a lot outside of the, the TV show. I think they're super cool. Um, I love the combination of acoustic instruments and vintage synths. I think that's a, a, a very smart idea. Um, but there's something, uh, ah, something about that that isn't spot on for me. I love Baby Yoda. I love uh, the main character. Um, I love Quill. I thought the Jawas episode was fantastic. Like. Um, some like the gags there with just like disintegrating Jawas and chasing the sand crawler, and when he's trying to speak Jawa to them, and they're like, "Your Jawa's terrible. You sound like a Wookie." I mean, it's some of that. It is gold in there, absolutely. Um, um, I'm not a huge fan of Cara Dune. I think it's something about the like American football style outfit. And the fact that, I mean, I love um, Gina Carano, like all her interviews, um, you know, leading up to the release, her appearance at, uh, appearances at Star Wars Celebration. She's super charming. She's like super just happy and grateful to be involved. She's great. Um, but the character never really landed for me. Um, 
uh, great to see whatever that droid is that you that you first meet uh, in Jabba's pal palace. Is an EV nine D nine or something? Um, nice to see them in the cantina in Episode five. I love that design. That's cool. Um, I don't think I need to say much more about Toro Calican uh, than has already been said. Um, yep, it's. I guess it's frustratingly close, is how I feel about it. Um, I think it does a lot of things right, but at the end of the day, like especially when I've when I've watched Solo, Rogue One, then uh, episodes four, five, six, all in a row. And I'm just riding this wave of just total Star Wars enjoyment. And, you know, because maybe you have had this uh, experience yourself where you love something, but you, at, you maybe start to wonder, do I actually love it as much as I like, am telling myself I love it? Or have I, did I just decide I was obsessed with it and now uh, it's kind of the obse I'm obsessed about the obsession it more than I am about the actual thing. Uh, so it was kind of nice to, after, you know, I'd try not to overwatch the uh, the films. Like once or twice a year, I try to keep it to, just to keep it like so that that experience is really fresh each time, you know. Um, so it was really nice to watch uh, at least those those five so far, those five films so far, and just have the best time and realize like no it, it i am obsessed with these because i love them so much um yeah it's been such a cool experience the unfortunate thing is that like when i then put on the mandalorian straight after that to me it illustrates what is uh, not 100 percent working for me with that show now, um, there are a lot of shows in the history of television that had a pretty good first season and which then really took off in uh, seasons two, three, four, five, etc. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if um, we saw uh, improvements in terms, like uh, in terms of uh, the visual stuff, um, the scope. Um, Acting, etc. Like, I'm I'm optimistic about about it. I do feel like if this is the level that we're going to be at for the Obi Wan series, that it's going to be a bit yeah. Like, like once you got like you and McGregor, you and McGregor as Obi Wan on screen, you really have to shoot for the stars. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm always optimistic. You know. It's funny, like when they uh, when they announce new films or or new TV shows, you can see like there are some people who have this kind of like, well, I'll be negative first until they prove me otherwise. Uh, but I'm the other way. Like I'm always like, it's probably going to be amazing, <laughs> and then we find out what it's going to be once it arrives. You know. All right, so uh, let's kick it over now to the conversation I had with my friend uh, Gabriel. We haven't been friends for that long, but uh, as soon as we met each other, I think uh, we realized that we had found a uh, kind of a, a geek kindred spirit, but especially a, a Star Wars kindred spirit in each other. Here we go. <laughs> All right, Gabriel. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Good, thanks very much. Happy to be here. 
So um, you and I, we've only known each other a few months at this point, six yeah, yeah, months yeah. maybe? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it hasn't been that long, but um, it was fun. Um, I remember I was at work and I can't remember what caused me to mention it, but I, I said, I have to warn you, I'm, I'm kind of a Star Wars fanatic and that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how the conversation started. Yeah, yeah. I think it was that my, because you're 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 known as uh, Tom the Targaryen fucker in some circles, <laughs> and my friend who has no knowledge of Game of Thrones whatsoever yep. asked you why why are you even called that, and I came in being the nerd that I am explaining way too much, and you were like, oh wait, this guy's a total nerd, maybe. I could mention Star Wars, and mm -hmm. we might talk about it for billions of years. Yes, and that happened. <laughs> That's that is why I, I remember. Um, uh, yeah, I like I, I tend to be the type, you know, when I finish work, I I, I like to just like, all right, I'm done, I'm I'm going home. Um, but that was one of the very rare occasions where I was like, right, I need to pull up a chair at the bar and uh, <laughs> get stuck into this. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was it was, it was uh, amazing, really. It was, it was, and um, so uh, for you know, a lot of people will not know that um, you and I have a huge amount in common, but we are uh, from pretty different generations, I guess, um, so, which is kind of nice because we get like a different, um, I guess you would say, like different. Uh, uh, perspectives on things, which is kind of uh, mm -hmm. refreshing. So, what can you remember uh, how you got into Star Wars in the beginning? Yeah, I mean, I was born during the dark ages of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Phantom Menace, 1999. I was born 1999. Wow. But very much for me as a child, Star Wars was everywhere. It was the toys, it was, it was the movies, even if the, the hardcore fans didn't like the prequel movies, they, the, the casual people were still like, oh, they're new Star Wars movies, and the effects are amazing, of course we gotta see them. Mm. And the Lego Star Wars and video games were progressing where you could actually kind of make something that looked like the Star Wars movies, and okay. Star Wars were, were all around me, and I remember... My dad has worked with the special effects mm. my whole life, so he he introduced me to Star Wars at a very very early age because for him, the even though the prequels were bad, the the effects were great for the time. Mm. They were spectacular. Even in the Phantom Menace, a lot of the shots nowadays, I I still think they look great, even if it's a poor, poorly made movie in a lot of regards. Um, but my clearest memory of like I have to. I have to learn about this. It, it, it was the original uh, animated Clone Wars thing they made. That was like drawn. Do you know yeah, that? Yeah, uh, the Gendi Tardakovsky uh, led. There were two seasons. Yeah, yeah. I think they started out with two minute episodes and mm -hmm. uh, graduated to like eight minute episodes or something. But I love that show too. Yeah. And the reason I think that got me into Star Wars for real was because that was uh, translated into Swedish. So me being a child, I could now I now I could understand what they were saying. Mm. So being able to to breach the language gap and being able to understand made me like, this is this is so cool. Mm -hmm. These characters are so cool, and and the style of animation was great. I mean, any kid would look at that and be amazed. 
it, it was truly epic is the only word I can find to describe that. It's funny you uh, raise, you bring that particular series up because like literally, I think this morning I saw someone posted, it's the scene where, um, is it Sacy Teen, I think? Um, it's the battle over Cor Coruscant, that huge battle that begins uh, episode three. Yeah. And their uh, cruiser is going down, so he leads this battalion of clones <laughs> to like basically leap out of the uh, out oh, of the hangar. Yeah. Do you remember that? Great, yeah, that's a great scene. I, re I recently is a bit of an overstatement, but like a year ago, I watched mm. it all in one sitting. Mm. Or nine months, maybe something like that. One year, nine months, whatever. And I was still blown away by the by the the style of it. It's, it's so stylish. I think so too. There's so many great scenes in it. Yeah, I remember when that came out. Um, I was living in Japan, and my like and my best friend in Japan and I were both Star Wars uh, super fans. And mm -hmm. when it came out, we were just. I mean, it's it's uh, it's. New Star Wars was still such a rarity at the time that anything that came out was exciting, and yeah, uh, yeah. and I remember we loved it, and I still I still get a like a kick out of seeing that stuff today. Especially, I think um, they did some beautiful stuff leading directly into Episode Three, where you had uh, the Jedi trying to protect uh, the Chancellor, yeah. and uh, Grievous, you know, chasing them, and all, that whole uh, sequence was fantastic. They made Grievous look great in that show. I think that one one of the many sins of the prequel trilogy is the the handling of Grievous and Darth Maul's characters. Uh -huh. They should have been a lot have been, have had bigger roles and be more menacing threats. I've heard a lot of people say that uh, the original Clone Wars cartoons was basically the peak. You know, like Grievous's peak as a character. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree uh, with that. I totally agree with that. Would you like to see more 2D uh, Star Wars animation? Yeah, of course. I mean, the the medium hasn't died yet. Even though we can do amazing uh, 3D shows like like the other Clone Wars show, which mm -hmm. is CGI and 3D, which is amazing. But still, shows today are produced in in, in 2D and. Um, I don't want to make a pun, but there's a lot of depth, even if it's mm. 2D. Um, you can do a lot of shots which uh, would look t uh, totally weird in 3D, but you mm. could do them because of the the medium. Um, I would I would love to see any type of of Star Wars related media, but a return to form with with 2D anime, I, yeah, big fan of that idea, big fan. Yeah, I, I, I have felt that way a lot recently. Um, there's this series on, um, like, Star Wars YouTube Kids or something called a Galaxy of Adventures, and yeah, they're just, yeah. like, one or two-minute shorts, and... Um, they look great. They look they're great. They're so fun, and yeah. there's something about the the speed or the tempo or the... The way that you can stylize movement in them, that to yeah. me, it makes it more poetic, visually poetic than uh, than the the 3D um, animated stuff. Yeah. Um, I really feel like, and even uh, especially like comedy stuff, I think is maybe easier to do in 2D for some reason. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but uh, I, I'm like you. I would I would really 
it would be a pity to leave that uh, that option behind completely. Even though I know there's a you know people love the the 3D animated stuff like the Clone Wars and Rebels and whatnot. But um, yeah, I'm with I th- you on that. I, I think that uh, two 2D animation uh, still has kind of a label on it that that that's uh, child stuff. That's for children. Yeah. Uh, and even if the the old um, uh, 2D Clone Wars, it had a mature, it had a mature feeling. I think it, that's kind of hard to mm-hmm. to convey in that format. I think Samurai Jack is a great example of how to mm-hmm. kind of have a more serious tone, even though that still has comedy in it, a lot of comedy. Uh, you could still have a serious tone, but you have to do a lot with the, um, the cinematography and the art style. You have to, you have to, kind of. I don't want to say overdo it, but you have to focus a lot on making it look sophisticated. Yes. In 3D, you kind of look at the the, the characters in Clone Wars more like actors, or at least I do. Mm-hmm. I see them more as actors um, uh, portraying, even even if I know there, there there's no actors involved, because the facial expressions they look more human, you know. You mm-hmm. I, so it feels more grounded in reality with real physics uh, and stuff. Uh, but the 2D, you could do these these uh, amazing scenes with, with with Jedi flipping about and doing mm. impossible movements. Right. I'm kind of thinking the the old um, was it uh, Todd McFarlane who did the old Spider-Man comics, where he has these ridiculous uh, non-human poses. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. you can only I, I don't know if you've seen them, but but Spider-Man, you know, bending his back for uh, forwards yeah, and towards yeah, right, his legs right. and do, doing these very insect-like mm. movements with his body, which are totally non-realistic, but fits the medium so well because the, the, the you always have the you have, you have the perspective of the the one who drew the thing. Yeah, I, so it, I it's think... great. With that, and in 2D, your eye just accepts it. Uh, whereas, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you said, if it's uh, that, I guess 3D, the 3D animation is a bit more uh, confined by real-world physics and stuff. Yeah. So, but um, have you? Did you ever see uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Oh, it's so brilliant, and I just think like, you know, if if there was a Star Wars Star Wars show uh, similar, in like quality. And um, style to this, I would. That's actually another good example of a show which, at times, can be very serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, absolutely. Like even scary at some parts. Yeah, I, th- I mean, yeah. I, I think like I, very quickly as I started to get into it, I realized like, Tom, there's a reason you love this. It's basically using the same combination of elements that you love about Star Wars, which is, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's like uh, fun and fantastical. You know, it, uh, it has a lot of like kind of cute and funny stuff. Um, but it's got uh, underlying spiritual themes and a lot of uh, drama in the relationships between the characters. And um, it's um, uh, has a huge amount in common with Star Wars. Ha- yeah, I never thought about it. But when you say it, a lot of points in my head are starting to be like, oh, yeah, that's true. Mm. There's, there's, I, I think, I mean, 
the hero's journey mm. is the largest used uh, oh god english being a second language is hard but when you want to find a word um the, mm. one of the biggest storytelling tropes yes sure. but people still find ways to make it interesting yeah, yeah. and I... and uh, avatar the last airbender is one of the um, finer examples of we're going to make a kid show mm. but you you as an adult can love and understand everything and kids kids can understand it too yes i think that that's um that's kind of the genius part you know one one genius aspect of star wars is that to this day it resonates for all age groups and it you know it people respond to different aspects maybe depending on how old they are but uh, yeah, yeah. everyone everyone can enjoy it um i, I speaking of that I, so it's pretty clear from what you said that uh, you have some issues with the prequel films, as do I and a lot of other people. But you were young when they came out. So I want to ask you, did your opinion of them change as you got older? Did you grow up enjoying them and then start to feel different about them later? Or did you always have issues with them? I mean, as a child, watching The Phantom Menace isn't fun. Okay. So I didn't even watch it as a child, uh, because the only fun parts are the pod racing scene, mm -hmm. which felt as if, oh, this is meant for the kids. Okay. This is the high action scene where our young protagonist is going to do something amazing, and he's going to win the day, and everyone's going to love him. Mm. And then we have the, the um, Qui-Gon's in Obi-Wan Darth Maul fight, mm. which, is, which is amazing. Yeah, that's, I mean, still exciting to this day. Yeah. I kind of feel like um, I always wished that Darth Maul could have survived that and continued as the, you know, the yeah. the Vader of that trilogy. But I like, I understand that um, for, for the requirements of the story that the leader of the separatists after that had to be someone that you could believe as a, as a kind of a leader that some uh, groups of people accepted you know yeah, yeah. you can't have darth maul standing up, no, standing up there going like, you know not uh, one look at that guy and you go like yeah i think it might be evil actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but there's a reason they retconned his death in the animated show yeah, because it was, it was, it was a bad decision yeah he's, yeah he's amazing um so so first movie don't even bother with a kid it isn't yeah. fun second movie i already had a huge love for Django and Boba Fett mm. from other media because they are so cool. I mean, yep. look at them. They are so fantastically cool. Yes. You couldn't you couldn't say that's a bad character design because you would be lying. Mm -hmm. They are so cool. Yep. So, and and the the action there were a lot more action. Mm -hmm. So it was easier for me as a child to look at them. The, the non actiony parts and be like, yeah, 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 this is for the grown-ups. I'm waiting for the stuff that appeals to me. Mm. So there wasn't a problem uh, with that movie at all. I watched it as a child uh, and I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. Nice. So uh, I guess um, you, uh, you know, were growing up during, um, you know, getting older during the time that Star Wars in lots of ways, went to sleep for a while, at least uh, in uh, on the big screen. You know, we had Clone yeah, Wars and yeah, stuff yeah. coming out. Um, so, what was your what was your response to um, to the like? I mean, you're how old are you at this point? Twenty. 
2021 in December, so I'm 20 right now. Yeah. Okay, so uh, do you remember the news when the news broke that uh, Lucasfilm was being sold to Disney, or were yeah, you not? Yeah. You'd, yeah, okay, yeah. what was your response to that? So, so my response was basically this this is a good thing because mm. if disney acquires star wars we will get more star wars because disney isn't interested in having just ha- owning the rights right they want D- disney is a money making machine mm-hmm. they want to make money uh, acquiring one of the biggest media phenomenons of all time mm. um, of course they're going to make new uh, content for it but for me star wars hadn't disappeared because i mm. grew up with the, the other clone wars as well mm. watching that uh, and the video games um uh, unleashed and unleashed 2 ah. um so star wars was always with me in some aspect mm. but there were a few years where it looked grim and dark and you know I was still young at that point, like maybe 13, 14 mm. years old. Yep. But I learned English really early, so I, because because I started to to play video games and watch movies and and read in English. So I read some Star Wars comics, which you know they they were like, oh, this is Star Wars media and it's fascinating stories and they bring up new perspectives. Yep. Uh, so I I read a lot of not a lot, but but some. Yeah, I could say a lot. Not everything, but 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 a lot of the what are what is now called legends, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Which is no longer canon, which mm-hmm. I think is good. Nice. Be- like uh, which uh, which uh, which of those books or comics stands out in your memory as the the uh, throne the throne books? Yeah, sure. Yeah, the throne. Amazing, amazing character and throne comics as well. I I forgot which if it's a comic or book where he. He had already figured out that Vader was Anakin, and he's constantly teasing Vader about him being Anakin. And Vader is like, "Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about." And Thrawn is like, "Yeah, sure, sure you do, sure you do, man." And he constantly just these throwaway lines, mm. like, "I know you," because in the in the legends they had had uh, known each other. Right. So yes. um, yeah, I've seen like I remember at one point there was a lot of interesting discussion about. By the time you get to A New Hope, who knows who Darth Vader was? Obviously the Emperor. Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. And there was a lot of discussion about does Tarkin know who he was? Um, and I think the answer is yes. Probably. Probably. I think there's a, there's a, there's a um, you know, when um, in A New Hope, when Vader comes to Tarkin and says, like, uh, you know, Obi-Wan is here. Uh, uh, I have felt his presence. And um, I think Tarkin says something like, your old master? Surely he must be dead by now. Uh, so I think that he's in on that secret as well. But it, it can't, yeah. can't be more than a handful of people in the galaxy who know knows the, the truth behind that. Yeah, but a thing I always found, uh, well, not not weird, mm-hmm. but like... After the 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 Clone Wars, mm. after the, the the Order, oh I forgot the number, Order sixty six. Sixty six, yeah. Um, and I and of course the logical explanation is oh the prequels were made before, but there was always I I felt at least with the original um, trilogy mm. that there's a lot of mystery about what happened during the Clone Wars. Sure. People aren't generally aware that uh. like. 
the Jedi went, like, people know the Jedi went extinct, mm. but who even were the Jedi? Yeah. Because with, with, um, with Legends canon and, and books that are still canon that mm. take place um, uh, thousands of years before the, the timeline we know, mm. uh, the Jedi are a, this ginormous organization with like a thousand Jedi fighting wars with a thousand Sith. So <laughs> there should be a lot more clarity about who the Jedi were. Mm. And, I, uh, and I recently watched the despecialized uh, trilogy yes uh, the originals uh, amazing movies you don't you, you i don't know why lucas felt he needed to touch no touch them up because they're still amazing gabriel gabriel i gotta stop you right there because i just by uh, by coincidence um actually i just mentioned it uh, before i got you on to talk talk with me that i have so i i never i didn't dislike the changes in the empire strikes back too much um, I didn't really like the, ch the change of Boba Fett's voice. Um, m maybe there are some sh little shots on Cloud City that look, you know, a bit CGI-ish. But, like, I like the addition of the Wampa, that little extra shot of the Wampa that you get. Um, and so, I, overall, I don't have a problem that much with the special edition of Empire Strikes Back. But of the other two, I have very big problems. <laughs> and um, so I actually finally, after, you know, years of, like, trying to find good quality downloads of it, because mm -hmm. it can be a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a maze to get your hands on them. Uh, but there are excellent torrents of it now, good quality ones. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so I watched the special edition of uh, episodes four and six. And I I said this already uh, before I got you on, but I, I was really amazed or surprised by my response to them. Like, I really, I enjoyed it so much. And just, it just felt so, like I had this feeling of coming home because Every time I would watch those films in the special edition form, I would have a great time. But there was just this like, this one splinter in your finger where you're like, "Ow!" <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that doesn't feel that good, you know. Oh yeah. And uh, so, my experience of uh, watching those films, um, you know, even though like the visual quality is not as perfect and crisp as you'd get on the Blu-rays and whatever today of the special edition. But it just, the, to me, the experience was like 10 times better uh, watching the despecialized editions. So it's interesting that you've recently watched them as well. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I was so surprised about, especially with, with A New Hope, mm. it's such a good movie. Yeah. It's like... Disregard me being a Star Wars fan. It's yeah. such a good movie. It is. I I I I I I was my um before I watched them, I was like, oh yeah, they're gonna get progressively better because that's what I thought uh, four years ago basically. Mm. But I was like, you can't top this. You you can't top this. The A New Hope is amazing. Yeah, you know, like, you always see people, like, uh, the, you know, the polos, when they ask, like, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Empire always wins. And, of course, I love that. But, actually, on this rewatch, A New Hope totally blew me away. Yeah, me too. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> it's like, this, um, I think that, I mean, pacing is a tricky thing, like, for filmmakers to get yeah. to get right, I guess. And the fact that it, 
it's um, I mean, it's exciting in the beginning, but then you enter into a very long and slow-paced section of the film, where you have uh, you know 3PO and R2 wandering around in the desert, and Luke's at home, and blah blah blah. And but it doesn't it doesn't lose me at any point. I think it's actually it's... interesting that you that you say that about mm. pacing because my I watched them with my dad. Mm. So my immediate reaction of when we in the credit credit role was the pacing was terrific. Yeah. I, I thought I thought there was never a part in any uh, scene where mm. I was like this is boring. Right. Everything felt as there it was always progressing forward. Yes. And I think the fact that you have that you know, uh, visually or in the, in the landscape of the stuff on Tatooine, it's very desolate and featureless. And that really puts you in the mindset of your main character, which is that, you know, I'm stuck in this boring existence. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hungry for adventure. And as the, the film takes off and the excitement ramps up, you know, you get all these new uh, new experiences. You get uh, the cantina full of these unbelievable alien creatures, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like this this combination of like very beautiful, um, like uh, elegant design, but with this like really ridiculous sense of humor as well. It's it's fantastic. I love it. And then the way that it just builds perfectly to the climax of the film, which is like proton torpedoes down the down the chute and blowing up the Death Star. It's just like, it's a perfectly crafted movie. You're right. It is. It is. It, it, it's, it's hard to, to, for people who aren't diehard fans, I think, to, mm-hmm. to argue that this, it actually is the best Star Wars movie. Yeah. But I, I, I truly think it is the best Star Wars movie. The very first one, they nailed everything. Mm. It yeah. is great. And and then I think that oh I always get them mixed up. Empire is mm-hmm. the second one. No yep. no yeah yeah. And I think Empire is better than Return of the Jedi. No Return of oh what's it called? I always get yep. confused. Return yes. of the Jedi. I think Empire is better, and I think Return of the Jedi is it isn't bad, but the pacing is a bit wonky. Okay. You feel are there particular sections that? Don't sit right for you. The the whole oh look, three uh, PO is a god now. Part. <laughs> okay. We're gonna eat food, <laughs> and I don't want to tell Leia that Vader is the okay. daddy. That I, I felt that okay. whole part just sinks down the whole movie. Okay. Otherwise, fun, enjoyable. It is a very good conclusion to that trilogy. Yeah. Where Anakin's Force Ghost appearing. Um, besides uh, 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 Obi Wan, uh, mm. great, great. I, 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 you feel as though the story has reached its natural conclusion. Very true. I think I agree with everything you said. Um, yeah. I, I love Return of the Jedi, and I think that, uh, like a lot of people in like who are around my age exactly, like we, I hear a lot of people saying like, "Yep, I think probably episodes four and five are." "Quote unquote better," but this is the first one I saw in the cinema, or this is the one I was old enough to remember. And for me too, like I guess I was seven years old when this one hit the hit the cinema. And yeah. um, so I, I had seen *Empire Strikes Back*, but I was only four when that came out, so I didn't remember it really. Um, but this one really, you know, had a huge effect on me. And I just, I mean, the whole Jabba 
you know, with the without the special edition changes, especially that that the whole Jabba sequence, just I loved it. I had such yeah, a fun yeah, time. yeah. Oh my god, that's like yeah, what a way to bring you into the film. Yes, it's fantastic, and yeah. um, the speeder bike chase is like that's one thing that really had a big effect on me as a kid. And um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, when that film, uh, you know, when they announced Disney has bought Lucasfilm, and episodes seven, eight, and nine are coming, are coming. I was so pumped. Like I was actually, I said this to a friend of mine. It's I'm not just happy like Star Wars happy. I'm actually I'm I'm ha- I'm happier about my entire life now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one the one reservation I had really was that like. I felt like Return of the Jedi was such a perfect end and you really feel like this is happily ever after for these characters. Like, yeah. how are you supposed to, like, continue after that? I don't really understand. Like, it's kind of going to it's gonna mess up that perfect ending to the story. Um, which, in lots, I mean, you can argue that it has messed up that perfect ending to the story, you know. But I, I, that. But I... I love the new film so much that I'm like, if I... If I have to sacrifice that for this, then I'll take it, you know. I I think that there there wasn't ever any question about the new trilogy. Of course, the Emperor was the big bad. Ah, interesting. For me, that was always a given, because this is the man who manipulated the whole Senate, who took over the galaxy, who is arguably... The, was the, at, at his time the most powerful force user alive. Yep. Yep. Of course he would know that Darth Vader would have doubts about killing his own child. Mm. Of course he would have set up some kind of new or the final order, of course. And even though I feel that um, oh, what, what is the last movie called now again? I'm getting the Rise of Skywalker. The, the Rise of Skywalker. I feel like a lot of that movie retcons uh, Ryan Johnson's decisions in The Last Jedi, but it still seems so fitting. Of course, it's the Empire uh, Emperor. He has been the big bad for all trilogies. Yes. Of course, he is the 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 big bad. Yeah. It, I, I, yeah. I agree with you, and I think, like JJ said, he said, after you see the film, I hope you feel like like this is how it had to be. And I, I agree with that. I think if you had just gone like, no, like uh, Kylo Ren is the supreme leader now, and he has to be like the the guy that they defeat in the end, like I, that would be a like a lopsided feeling to that trilogy, I think. Yeah. And I think I, I had this thought. So. We're talking about Return of the Jedi. We're talking about... We just started talking about uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Now, in... Like, I, it's probably my favorite sequence in all of Star Wars. Uh, Luke, Vader, and the Emperor in the, the throne room on, yeah. the, on the second Death Star. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, that is peak Star Wars. And um, But the one thing that even as a kid, when I had no, like, critical uh, <laughs> thinking ability, it always made me confused me a bit where they're they're basically they're trying to turn Luke to the dark side right yeah but I didn't really understand 
what that meant or how that was supposed to happen. Luke has been a deeply good character from the beginning. Maybe, you know, a little impatient sometimes. He chokes a couple of Gamorrean guards in Jabba's palace. You know, there are some, some uh, you know, tinges of dark side to the character. Um, but overall, he's a great, great guy who will do anything to uh, help his friends. So I don't really, I didn't really understand, like, if they try to, if they're trying to change uh, uh turn him to the dark side it's just like a, a switch that you flick like oh I'm, I'm evil now like it didn't really sit super well with me um so in the rise of skywalker when uh, we are introduced to this idea of this like sith ritual where yeah. whereby palpatine like if ray strikes down palpatine in anger that then palpatine's spirit and this spirit that is uh, you know somehow uh, it um, is what are you? What's the word? Constructed of uh, of all these thousands of Sith, but that have come before him, mm. that can enter her body and possess her body, basically, and she becomes the new emperor. That actually made me think. Now it, it's up to the the viewer to decide for themselves, obviously. But yeah. if that was kind of what Palpatine was doing in Episode Six. Because he he looks so like relaxed, and he's just laughing at Luke. Like, come on. Have a go, man. Like, cut me down with the lightsaber. Because I feel like he said it, if you read it in this way, he set it up so that he couldn't lose. He, yeah. Either Luke tries to attack him and then Vader, we, like, protects the Emperor and wins the fight. And in which case the Emperor is won. Mm -hmm. Or Luke manages to... to uh, kill the emperor in which case this sith ritual could happen where the, the palpatine spirit could actually possess luke's body uh, in which case he wins also uh, to me it actually in a way fixes the one issue i had in that scene in in return of the jedi which is not you know not something i expected yeah. to happen in this film <laughs> i i have a very different perspective than you do on this hit me because i think that a lot of people kind of forget that Shiva Palpatine, the mm. man, he was yep. a skilled politician. Yes. He could, I think the whole, oh, you will strike me down, I will enter your body, you will become, I think that's utter horseshit. I think it's lying. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> lying. Really? I think, I think that he's just bluffing. He 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 he's a liar, dude. He he's always been lying and scheming and doing bad things. I mean, he's a skilled politician. He before he became the crooked old Sith master, he mm. was the man Sheev Palpatine. And even if Sheev Palpatine had Darth Plagueis and they were doing their Sith alchemy things, mm -hmm. maybe created Anakin. Who knows the actual knows? truth? Yep. He still managed to to politically maneuver his way to become the supreme chancellor yes i think he's lying out of his teeth to ray oh, that's i think interesting. i think he knows full well that i can be killed because no matter how strong the force the dark side is within me mm. i i can die because he dies at the end when she yep. melts him away or whatever oh, yeah. uh, i i think i think he's lying out of his teeth no, I'm not sure if that's the, if that's an intentional thing on the creators, but that's my read of the situation. Oh, I mean, I have to say, like, uh, even though I'm not a big fan of the prequels, his machinations and scheming and uh, puppet mastery 
is incredible. I yeah. love that aspect of it. I think like to that standing ovation, it's super like well thought out, and you know this 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 idea to start a fake war basically in order to consolidate his own power and at the same time whistle down the numbers of of jedi so that he could finally wipe them out and yeah. take over everything i mean i love it it's a, it's a great it's it's great because of it's because of him that i actually love the 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 third prequel movie mm. i am very bad with it revenge of the sith right yes yes, yes. I, I love it i i think that that character, Palpatine, uh, he makes the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's yeah. The, the, and I think, you know, there's a lot of prequel memes right mm. now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, yep. think, I think the reason why they are so popular is because a lot of people actually like the third movie. Yes. Because I, I do. I think that the first two are, are pretty bad movies. But the third movie, it feels in a way, in a way that um, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi feels fit a fitting conclusion. The third movie feels mm. as a fitting conclusion to that story. Don't try it, Anakin. Jumping, mm. you were a brother to me. That yeah, whole yeah. scene, his yes. uh, rebuilding him into Lord Vader. Yeah. Uh, it it's it's it has this. Uh, for me, at least, power, very powerful feeling yeah. of this is the birth of Darth Vader. Yeah. It totally makes sense why he has become the man he has become mm. because of the manipulation of Palpatine and and the Jedi coun- uh, Council treating Anakin lesser. And then you have Palpatine, a father figure he mm. he kind of never had. Mm. is ascending him into higher and higher power. Yeah, of yeah. course he would go with Palpatine, because Palpatine trusts Anakin's power mm. a way that the Jedi Council uh, don't do. Yeah. I, th- I, think the, I think Revenge of the Sith is a... It, it, it's, it's not top three, but it's, it's my fourth favorite. <laughs> That's great. You know, yeah. I think that even people who are not fans of those three films... I don't, I've never heard anyone complain about that particular, you know, the scene between Anakin and and Obi Wan. Oh no, no, no! As no, no. he's lying on the on the banks of that lava river, and then the scene, you know, in this uh, medical facility as the, mm. uh, you know, the the suit is being put on him and everything. It's very powerful. It's uh, it's good stuff. But uh, let me jump back a little bit now. So. Huh? Uh, as the so the new films, the the new era of films kicked mm. off with. Uh, the Force Awakens, and then uh, Rogue One. What were your uh, responses to those new films as they were coming out? So, I haven't actually seen Rogue One all the way through okay. yet. Um, I, I've tried. Mm. It just doesn't capture my imagination. Interesting. Yeah. And this I is... love Solo. I love Solo a yeah. lot. Me but too. Rogue One, it just doesn't capture... My 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 love for Star Wars. You know what? I have had to te- like learn to love that movie because <laughs> it's bizarre. Like I see it all the time. Like people going like, "This is by far the best of the of yeah, the new yeah, films," yeah. and and blah blah blah. And I, you know, 
the Force Awakens, I, I had the best time ever. And so I was yeah, kind of great. like riding, riding that high. And then when I came out of Rogue One, I was like, it, it's really good. But I just, I don't get that like kind of heart full of joy feeling out of it at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I think the, the, the main reason mm. I, I don't have fun. Yeah. Even if it's a good movie mm. and and the acting is superb and the effects are great. Yep. I don't have this sense of adventure and yeah. f- fun which I feel even even in in um, I can't say I feel that with Phantom Menace but even in Attack of the Clones I feel there's a fair bit of fun and adventure in it. I think that this is to me the secret weapon of Star Wars is fun. Yeah. And and funniness, like yeah. humor. I think that uh, for a while, you know, as the Star Wars generation got older and they got, you know, especially it was the 90s, so everything was supposed to be dark and serious and, you know. But when you watch those original, the original trilogy, they are packed with jokes and silly, silly stuff, you know. I have a bad feeling about this. I mean, every movie. It's yeah. great. It's great. I mean, I love that that uh, in the in the episode four, when they're gonna try to bust out uh, Princess Leia, and they've yeah. got the Chewbacca in the cuffs, and they take him into the elevator, and then they it go up to the detention level or whatever, and the doors open, but it's the doors behind them, and they're both like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they just obviously have no idea where they are or where they're going. It's like it's like. It's, Star Wars has to be fun. So yeah. I agree that like Rogue One, there's not that sense of fun really. Um, K2SO has some really good jokes. Tell you what, if you want to come over and we sit down and watch Rogue One together. Oh, um, we have to now. That would be I, fun, how, right? How could I not accept that offer? Of All course. Right. It's a date. But uh, I think it, it, you might uh, be encouraged by the fact that a lot of people say that it's the last 45 minutes of that movie that really make it. Yeah, uh, I've heard that. I've seen the I've seen the last scene already with Vader okay, walking yeah, through the corridor. Yeah, that's uh, pretty so, iconic. Yeah, yeah that's pretty <laughs> iconic. I just uh, moving backwards a little bit, just yeah. to the the funny parts of of Star Wars. I, I just yeah. had the the scene immediately come to my mind uh, in um, in Empire mm. where. Um, uh, Han Solo is being all whiny. Oh, I'm gonna leave now. Mm. And and Leia is like, Oh, okay, go ahead and leave. And he, he gets so pissy. Yeah. I know you love me, blah blah blah. And she's like, Shut the fuck up, dude. We're in a war. And he's so whiny. He's so whiny. And I, I just burst out laughing every time. Yeah. Because he's so emotionally insecure in himself. Yeah, and right. he's so whiny. And it's it's fantastic. That's so human. Yes. That's so terribly human. Yes. In a movie where a lot of the characters are aliens. <laughs> yeah. A real exactly. human moment. I love it. Yeah, it's a really key aspect of things. So um it's it's kind of funny to hear you say that about Rogue One since like I I don't see a lot of people out there feeling that way, but I definitely felt the same as you did. Um, yeah. but I've actually now that I've I think just from cuz I visually I love it. I think the designs are killer. The mm. look of the film is killer. Um, it has a lot of great moments, so I kind of like wanted to force myself to watch it again and again, <laughs> and like I'm gonna like this film, you know. And I've actually reached that point where I, um, I, I guess you spend enough time with the characters, if you know, if you watch. Cause this is the thing, like in the Force Awakens, 
when you set up the char characters of Rey and Finn and Kylo Ren, each of, for each of those characters, within two minutes of having met them, I was like, I love this this character. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in on their story. I want, I want to know what, what they're about. I want to know more about them. I, I'm in their corner. But I feel like with the Rogue One characters, I'm just like, yeah, they are there, I guess. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but like, 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 already from the beginning, a lot of people said, you, 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 you can't develop disposable characters. Uh... If you develop them too much, and then you're gonna kill them off, you're gonna get a bad reaction from the crowd. Okay. And you can do that in a good way if we take Game of Thrones as an example. Ooh. Where where they spend a lot of time on a character, just have them to die, but it feels good in a way. Yep. It feels like how how could you kill off this character which had so much to do, and now they're dead, and that works in in a TV series because you get a lot more time with them, so yep. their death is impactful. Yeah, but in a movie having a whole squad of people that are disposable mm. you're going to spend a lot of time doing boring you know background character information scenes or whatnot just to have them to die you can't do that so mm. you you kind of have to focus on on one or two characters specifically and give them a lot of drive and a lot of backstory mm. but the other disposable characters they just kind kind of have to be there to get disposed. Gotcha. Now, well, I haven't watched the movie all the way through. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's do that sometime yeah, because course, uh, maybe, um, yeah. If, because, yeah, there's so much in there that is good that I, I kind of felt like I, I really want to like this. So I've kind of put some effort into it. So uh, you, you, um, you liked The Force Awakens when that uh, came out? Yeah, I, I mean, that was... Having the the prequel trilogy in mind, mm. um, being I know what bad Star Wars looks like, mm. be, being like, can... And I, and, uh, I was already sure that it was going to be great because it was J.J. Abrams, and J.J. Yep. Abrams had already done the, the Star Trek remakes. I'm a big yes. Star Trek fan. Great. So... Uh, and I, I, I love the, the Star Trek remakes um, and other things JJ has done. Mm. So so I had already uh, I, I trusted JJ to at least make a good movie. Yeah. Now what he did, he made a great movie instead. Mm, I agree. I think that the biggest problem with the new trilogy is not having the same mind behind all the movies. That is it in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm going to be controversial again. Mm. I saw The Last Jedi in the theater. Yeah. And I was disappointed. Okay. I watched it like half a year later. Yep. At home. Yep. And I loved it. And then <sighs> I watched it again like a year later. I loved it. And now it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Interesting. So I what do you I hate the the, the thing that changed, I think, was that I had expectations the first time. Yep. My second times knowing the story is gonna be different. They're gonna mm. they're gonna do this and this, and and instead of hoping for things to happen, I just took it in as it was. Yep. 
and then it was perfect. I hated is it the the casino planet Cantabite, yeah, right? Cantabite, yeah. I I hated that part first time seeing. I felt mm -hmm. as if why are you wasting my time with something that doesn't pay <laughs> off? But what the whole, are we doing here? <laughs> the whole movie is about the the rebellion failing in a way. Yeah. They are outmatched, outnumbered. They yes. they can't do anything. They have to run away. Mm. Um it's uh, I, I I think it's I think it's one of the best Star Wars movies now, but mm. when it came, having the Force Awakens, yep. I th I saw it before, like a day or two before we went to see the Last Jedi, just to have the events fresh in my mind, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, and it, it just felt like, like I was kicked in the balls. Uh, like oh you 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 wanted this and this and that a reveal of race parents, mm -hmm. it it doesn't matter it's worthless. Now I think. They should have stayed with that. Ray yes, is a no okay. one. Ray is a no one. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. because Anakin was a no one. You could argue, oh, he. You could argue that the, the theory. I don't even know if it's a theory anymore. Maybe it's uh, a pub, uh, Not uh, maybe it's you know not. Oh, I can't speak English. <laughs> maybe it's common knowledge at this point that mm -hmm. uh, Darth Plagueis and and. Um, uh, Palpatine kind of made Anakin. I've read that a lot, that that's a, like, a, a lot of things allude to that. But Anakin was a no one, very strong with the Force. Yep. Of course that could happen again. Mm. Of, of course uh, nobody could be born oh, with immense yes. Force powers. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I thought, and it was so important to Rey that she was special. Uh, so that as a surrogate, uh, she's our, sur our, our audience surrogate. Mm. It was important for us that she was special. Yep. Is she a is she a is she a Jin? Is is she a Obi Wan? Mm. What is she? Yeah. And and Kylo, being also kind of sad for her. Mm. You're no one. Mm. Your parents left you for drinking money. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But with me. Mm. We can achieve great things. You could be someone. It doesn't matter. I think uh, th because that 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 is what's driving her belongedness. Yeah. She wants to belong. She wants yeah. to be someone. Yeah. And her not joining Kylo mm. is like because she knows that he's not a good person. He's not a good man. Right. I don't think that Kylo's redemption in in um, uh, oh Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah. I don't buy it. Uh. I I I think that he 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 shouldn't have been redeemed. Kind of. Uh, interesting. Okay. The biggest change I would do mm. with the Rise of Skywalker is having a Ray killing him uh, in that scene where they're fighting. On the um, collapsed Death Star. Yeah. Okay. If she would have killed him, mm. that would have been gut wrenchingly satisfying, at least for me. Okay. I would be like, you know, oh, is this is kind of bad for her, mm. but in a way, you're eliminating the biggest threat there is to you right now. Mm. Even if the Emperor is back, Kylo has been actively killing your comrades comrades yeah. in arms. True. I, I don't think, for me at least, he isn't redeemed. Okay. Even if the movie wants me to think that. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, to I totally uh, see what you mean. I, I think there's <laughs> a lot of people out there who feel like... Uh, like it, 
they're they're okay with each other now like do they not remember all this stuff that happened or whatever i don't feel that way myself like i like that redemption but um i about your point about you know whether it was a good decision for the filmmakers to introduce this thing that she is the the granddaughter of Palpatine or whether they should have just kept it that she's the daughter of just random nobodies. Um, I I would have been happy either way. Um, I My only thing is that it would have been nice if they had decided very specifically that she was a Palpatine in the beginning. Yeah. And if they had, you know, uh, left those crumbs through the forest, as it were, uh, throughout the first two films, so that when the reveal happens, you can kind of track it back through those, uh, the first two films and go like, ah, yeah, it, that makes it, it makes sense all the, you know, all along, if you, if you knew you would be able to see the signs, but it did, you know, when, when something happens in a movie and you can get this mental image of, you know, JJ or Chris Terrio at home with their laptops typing, like oh, maybe this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's the, then it kind of messes up the the film experience. I guess. Yeah, the 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 biggest part, the biggest failure of the new sequel trilogy is is that um it it feels like there's three uh, puzzle pieces that don't fit together, and then you have Disney standing over with a hammer forcing them to fit yeah, together. Right, right. So right. that's that's my biggest problem. Yep. They're not bad movies at all. No, I think great. people mm. who who say that the, this this ruined Star Wars, then you want Star Wars to be ruined. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're, they're just like they're just like uh, getting high off the negativity, you know, yeah, in a way. Yeah. yeah. I just like I I, just, I can't really understand how you can watch, you know, like. Episode two, for example, or whatever, or episode, you know, stuff in episode one, and then say like that these movies <laughs> are ruining Star Wars. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, and I, and I don't, okay. I don't feel like the, the 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 prequels ruin Star Wars in any way, even if they're bad movies. A lot of uh, uh, long-running media franchises have bad content in them. Sure. That doesn't mean that the 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 whole thing is bad because Star Wars. Captures your imagination, even if even if they're bad movies. I mean, mm. people don't like the prequels, but you can talk about them for hours, sure. even if you don't like them. There are stuff in them and concepts and yep, cinematography yep. and characters yep. that people still to this day love. Yeah, it's not like X Men Apocalypse where you go like, "What do you think about that movie?" And you're like, "I I I saw it." The thing is, I don't really I've have seen, any opinion about it. I've seen that movie three times, X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, really? <laughs> I still have no idea what it's about. Every time I, I, I see it, I start and I'm like, I have forgotten this whole movie. It's so in. forgettable. Yeah. It's so forgettable. Yeah. It's amazingly forgettable. Yes. So you can't say that about the prequels, at least. No, no, no. Because I don't think that X-Men Apocalypse necessarily is a bad movie, mm. but it's so forgettable. Right. Still now, I, I'm trying really hard. To, I can only remember one scene, I think, mm. or two two scenes maybe. But yeah. the rest is a blur of, I don't care enough <laughs> yeah, exactly. to remember what happened. Yes, well, I mean that's a, that's a good compliment for the prequels. I think yeah. they 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 are they are very discussable. But I wanted to say like uh, your experience with the Last Jedi is very, pretty similar to mine. I think. Um, I remember watching it and I thought like, you know, this opening 
battle is fantastic. I love Poe's yeah. piloting and all that stuff. Uh, I love that moment where Kylo has his thumb on the trigger and he he can sense that his mother is on that ship and he has to, in that split second, decide if he's going to fire or not. I think that's gold. I love the Snoke throne room uh, sequence with Rey and Kylo and the Praetorian guards. Uh, you know, Luke on Crate is, is great. Um, but I, I guess, you know, for me it was, you know, Luke Skywalker is my favorite character of all time. Yeah. And I, I never expected him to come back as some, like, you know, s superhero type who's going to, like, s just swing lightsabers around and save the day. Um, but I did expect him to be likable or, you know, like a, a sympathetic character. But it was pretty shocking to see him like not even really show Ray any kind of kindness or uh, yeah, sympathy yeah, yeah. for what she's facing. Um, now, after I had uh, like similar experience where I came out of the first viewing going, I really liked it, but that was a bit sad to see my guy in that in that condition. Yeah, even though yeah. even though he comes around at the end and he does like probably the most Jedi thing ever, yeah. you know, um, to. Uh, then on the second viewing, I was like, yeah, but uh, you know, it, this always happens for me. Like the things that you don't like are pretty big on that first viewing. And then you kind of accept them and just get on with enjoying what you like, you know. Yeah. And by the time, like I went to see it, the third time I went to see it, I went with my friend Lala. And Lala happens to be like uh, the type of person who is quite uh, vocal about her responses to things in when she's watching movies and stuff. Um, so a lot of like, what? Huh? Whoa. <laughs> No, you know, and just to sit there and uh, and hear these kind of like responses as the movie's going. And like even like you said, the Canto Bite sequence, probably my least favorite sequence in the whole like new on all those five new yeah, movies. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. But she loves animals, you know, and to see her like <laughs> um, she was having the best time during that sequence. And I just thought, but now I'm having the best time, too. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I. Yeah, the, the Last Jedi. It's um, I find it still bewildering that you know people can go like, like it's a bad movie. I'm like, you can say like I don't like how Luke was treated, or you can say like I'm a misogynist and I don't like when women are in movies. Like, oh yeah, That's if you're gonna say popular. one of those things, then okay. But I had to go like just flat out, it's a terrible movie. I'm like. <laughs> you, the, I don't need to watch more by movies. The, by the, by the, 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 the supposedly hardcore Star Wars fans mm. hate women. What yeah. is that about? It's like against the, the whole, like the whole fucking like message of the films that like from day one. Yeah. It's oh. like, oh yeah, we're going to save the princess. Turns out the princess is a, a powerful general that can make decisions. Mm -hmm leading to the the freedom of the galaxy and yep. it's like and, and i hate people calling ray a mary sue oh that is I total mean, bullshit i mean i mean dude yeah she, oh, she's the main character luke was a mary sue in his tr trilogy but oh she yep. how how could she face uh, kylo ren untrained well he was hurt and it was snowy and he was tired probably hadn't had his cup of coffee and they're just swinging sticks at each other yep. i mean and you could you could make the argument that the force made her super aware of the situation and made mm -hmm. her fight better. I mean, they're they're using space magic. How could it I, yeah. be impossible for someone to use space magic and win against a better foe? 
I but just he... think, yeah, I mean that 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 particular fight, it didn't occur to me once that it was there was anything like to be like questionable, questionable no, no. about it until yeah. like, I got on the internet and saw people talking about. It. And then, uh, then, but just exactly as you said, even if you apply logic to it, where you go like, yes, he had been shot. Like I'm a very good guitar player, right? Yeah. So, but if you shoot me in in my ribs and then hand me a guitar. Guess what? I'm not going to be a very good guitar player. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so there was that. He was an emotional wreck because he had just murdered his own father. So he was totally yeah, unbalanced, yeah. injured and unbalanced. And then you got Ray, who has been fighting for her own survival on the, All the her planet. Life. All, All her, her life. Yeah. It's actually shown earlier in the film that she knows how to, she like can handle two like, you know, grown men on her own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to like go like, oh, this doesn't make sense that she can like, but and also she was losing the fight until that moment when um, when Kylo Ren mentions the Force and she basically balances herself or you know and yeah. uh, I think it's uh, that's one of my favorite Star Wars sequences ever actually I I love it I I I, I uh, regarding Rey and the Force mm. and regarding uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, and and your friend who was very uh, uh, expressive with yes. uh, yeah when she uh, she and Kylo uh, in the Rise of Skywalker had the, had the light uh, um, force uh, pull battle over mm. the uh, ship with a shoe on it yep and she shoots force lightning yep audible gasp from me wow I, that yeah. was that was yeah. so out of left field for me yeah I was like what the yeah, yeah. You know, you know, yep. that I was, and, and I looked at my dad, and my dad was looking at me also shocked, like, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. That's not what, what was going to happen. I love so that. So that's actually so Star Wars in a way. Mm-hmm. Just showing, oh, she's going to save her friend. Well, she's too powerful, and now she killed him. <laughs> like, Oh my god! Yes. I actually think another bad decision was showing so quickly that Chewie survived, because yeah. Chewie dying yes. yeah. had an impact on me when I thought it was dead. I was sure. like, oh, oh my god, this mm. isn't supposed to happen. Not Chewie. Yeah. I just because like in some legends book he dies because like they they drop a moon on him or something, yeah. and I just with that in the back of my mind I'm like, I mean. I, this before like it's not impossible that this is really happening you know because like you said i'm like like i can't believe they can't kill chewy you know um but as you said i think that if they had let it run at just you know another three to five minutes or something before yeah. you uh bring him back then uh, that would have been even better um but uh, that sequence man i so um we're so for those who don't know, Gabriel and I both live in Gothenburg in Sweden, and uh, we got our uh, first IMAX cinema oh, yeah. uh, right to, tie, to basically timed up with the release of The Rise of Skywalker. And I ended up going to see it in IMAX about four times or something. Um, and the sound in a scene like that, where you've got like this, this, you know, you often in Star Wars, it's been there since the beginning, you get this low and rumble happening yeah, in the sound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in scenes like that in IMAX, it's so cool. Ah, yeah, I love it's, it. it's wonderful. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the most impressed I was with 
the the sound in the IMAX theater. Mm. It, it, I, I don't. I forget which scene it is. But mm. you hear a Tie Fighter coming in from behind you, mm. and then it appears, you know, as as if flying above you down and you see wow. it from the back wow. and you just have the sound like you know ah. and then it goes and and that was powerful for real i love it and i i i, I mean even if i have some problems with the movie the experience of watching it watching it in imax for the very first time i mean i can't complain one bit mm-hmm. good movie Good theater, like the yeah. chairs were amazing, the sound yeah. was amazing, yeah. uh, the 3D effects were amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't argue. I, can't, I really can't argue about the experience of seeing. Yeah, it actually kind of spoiled me in a way because I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to see movies outside of this cinema anymore. <laughs> like, it's so good, <laughs> you know. Because yeah. I'm, a, I mean, I like a lot of people. I like old school stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I like, I like old music. I like old movies, but. I swear to God, like uh, something like uh, the Rise of Skywalker in IMAX, the the visual quality it's so mu- so clear, oh, yeah. and the sound is so killer, and the 3D like 3D is hit and miss. Everyone knows that, but uh, in that cinema with that like quality visual quality, it was mm-hmm. bang on. It, it didn't bother, it doesn't annoy me at all. It was the, fantastic. The, the thing the thing with 3D, why the 3D effect have become less good in certain movies mm. is that you you can film a, a movie with 3d cameras right they're yeah. big they're clunky they make a lot of noise but then the 3d okay. becomes really great and yeah. then you could fake the 3d uh, yeah, in right. post yeah. and a lot of uh, the the marvel movies a lot mm. of the smaller releases they don't put as much time in in making good 3d in post right I I I um I think it was Black Panther I saw where I was like this is bad 3D. Yeah. There's no reason for me to watch this movie in 3D because it lessens the experience. Right. But the Star Wars movies have been so good in 3D. Mm-hmm. They have been so good in 3D. Yes. Like like I can't imagine watching a Star Wars movie for the first time at least without being in the theater setting. Yeah. I where, know. Um, going to the theater. I mean, as now when we have IMAX in Gothenburg, mm. there is literally no reason not to go to the cinema anymore. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm a member of a lot of like, well, you know, Star Wars uh, Facebook groups or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the Rise of Skywalker has been, you know, hitting home video and whatever. And yeah. I, I see like people going like, yeah, finally getting around to seeing this now. You know, at home. I'm just like. Uh, uh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you not go see it in the cinema? Uh, everyone's different, I guess. But uh, yeah. I mean, some 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 people just don't like the the setting yeah. of having to be around people they don't know and and stuff like yeah. that. So I, so, I mean, and and, and I, I, a big thing for a lot of people is that like I want to be able to go and pee whenever <laughs> I want with you know. Yes. So I understand that. I you know it's a, it's an issue for some people. I get it. Mm. Yeah. Hey, man, it's been super fun to talk to you. Thanks. Uh, as always. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you got to come over and uh, we'll do a, a Rogue One watch and maybe we can uh, have a chat after that and uh, see if see if um, if your opinion has uh, changed at all or if, uh, yeah, after yeah, totally. watching the entire thing. Yeah. Mm. All right, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me.
All right, super fun to talk to Gabriel as always. Uh, looking forward to having him over for um, a bit of Rogue One action. Now we're going to finish off as we always do with a scene from a film. We're still on The Rise of Skywalker, of course. So uh, we finished off last time. It was uh, Ray and Leia talking about going to Exegol. And now we're jumping into uh, where we see uh, the Falcon. Ray's getting ready. She is planning to go alone. But guess what? The gang's coming with you, whether you like it or not. It's nice. Like, Of course, people have pointed out that um, the quote-unquote big three of this... Um, of this trilogy didn't even end up together until the last movie. Yep, that only matters if you think that uh, it's important to make that the same in each trilogy. You know, it's one of those classic things where you're, um, your kind of limited idea of what is supposed to happen, you know, affects how good it is in your mind, you know, like, is a James Bond film not as good as another one because it doesn't feature a dry martini in it? <laughs> Only if you care about ticking that box, you know. Um, having said that, it is super nice to see them together. They have great chemistry. I mean, F Finn and Ray already had uh, their chemistry well established, but uh, uh, Finn, Ray, Poe, along with uh, 3PO and Chewie, are a great bunch. Now, the next shot is <laughs> Finn uh, and Rose. Listen, I can see, I can, I totally understand why people are sad that Rose uh, had her um, had a much reduced role in this film. I would have liked to have seen more of her. I would have liked to have uh, had her be the character who um, brings the info and knowledge about Sith stuff the way that um, Dominic Monaghan's character did. Um, having said that. Like, I like Rose, I like the character very much, uh, but the Canto Bite sequence is one of my least favorite uh, sequences. And the fact is that that's most of her screen time. So, um, I like the character, I love her introduction, that conversation with, with Finn in, in The Force Awakens is super fun. Um, but uh, I feel like if this truly is the end of the Skywalker saga, I'm not that um, upset that uh, a character that, you know, had the position that she did in, in Episode Eight is not as heavily featured. I'm very willing to have this film be about um, Ray and Finn and Poe and Kylo Ren and Han, Luke and Leia. And Mr. Palpatine, naturally. It's a bit... Um, Yeah, I don't know. He gives her the pat on the, sh oh, pat on the shoulder and maybe a peck on the cheek would have been nice. I don't know. All right, we've got the Ray doing a bit of a stare into the distance. A little bit of a, like, a, you know, remember in Han in Return of the Jedi where he's like, I just got this feeling like I'm not going to see her again. Reminds me of that scene. This uh, this scene here where it's like C P C3PO telling R2, they're like, I you know, feel like you'd be my best friend. Pretty cute, I guess. Little bit seems a little bit jammed in there, but yeah, it's alright. Oh, this actually gets me. 
I like this scene a lot. It's uh, Ray and Leia. Uh, she's basically saying goodbye to Leia. Leia is handing over the saber. Um, I I think it does. You know, in a short time, it builds a uh, or yeah, it builds like a past. And uh, you know, this in this past year between uh, the last film and this one, it, that's it, there's been. Um, a lot of water under the bridge with these two. And if we're going to get into um, real world politics, it's nice to see two women uh, having a relationship that is not centered around a dude. So that's nice. Um, we've got a, a good shot of the Falcon taken off. And you can see there the. Uh, the uh, Tantive Four wedged into that cave, which is a cool shot, especially after looking at all the uh, uh, the art of stuff that talks about that. You get this awesome shot of the Falcon cockpit with uh, the, the gang that I just mentioned blasting off away from uh, that. Okay, we're going to stop there. Uh, we had a lot of fun stuff already in this episode, so we're going to stop there, save... Save some Kylo helmet action until the next episode. All right. Hope you had fun. I certainly did. Uh, we'll see you next time on uh, Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me. <laughs>